included an 11 round nail biting penalty shootout. Hello everybody, welcome back to Miami Total Football Radio, aka Miami Total Football Radio, a championship edition here in Nashville, Tennessee. We're actually right now in a recording studio in the hotel, which we did not know was here, but since we saw it, we said, all right, we have to do something quick, something dirty. We're just going to speak here, Simon Evans and I, about what we saw last night here in Tennessee at Geodis Park. Simon, how are you doing today? I know we've been working nonstop. I don't, I don't. I mean, I went to sleep at like 3.30 a.m. local time, which is 4.30 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, no, it was a long night. Uh, a long night without, you know, without any celebrations from us because we've been busy doing stuff. And yeah, we couldn't resist coming into this little recording studio. The hotel we're staying in is actually a converted uh, Presbyterian church. Um, it's a nice <laughs> old building. So the idea of like recording in a studio in an old church in Nashville, Tennessee, after Inter Miami win their first ever trophy in Nashville, Tennessee, was just too good to uh, turn down. While you're wearing a peg leg porker hat, which I mean, people can't see it yet because this is just a quick audio one. We'll get back to video probably Monday night. Um, but yeah, Simon bought a hat at this barbecue place that we ate at on Saturday, early Saturday afternoon. So I mean, it's red and black. It's a trucker hat. I, I think it's pretty cool. It's the best of the bunch there. He needed it for his head. We'll, we, it will make its debut on the next video part, and uh, I can uh, take take feedback from the uh, <laughs> listeners there. But, yeah, it's a, it's a genuine Southern USA barbecue joint hat. There's a pig on it, so that's, <laughs> that's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, all right, so, Simon, I mean, let's just get into it. We don't have a lot of time here, so, you know, just dive into it. And I mean, you know, Inter-Miami wins its first championship uh, history was made. It wasn't easy. They had to overcome some hurdles. A uh, bit of a bumpy game at times for them, but you know they got it done in the end. Drake Calendar immense. Little Messi with another golazo. Um, you know, just your overall thoughts on seeing Inter Miami crowned as champions for the first time. Yeah, I mean the celebrations went on a long, long time after Apple TV finished their broadcast. For people who were watching watching that, the team were out on the field for like what at least half an hour. Longer than that. Longer, Longer than, than that. that. Yeah. It felt like an hour and a half. Maybe. It felt a long time when we were trying to wait for the players to speak to them and get our stories out. But um, the fact that they celebrated like that shows, you know, beyond doubt, this meant a lot to the team. And uh, it was the toughest test. We talked about how Philadelphia Union were going to be the toughest test. They weren't. Nashville was definitely the toughest test. Um, a team that their coach, Gary Smith, had set up to do what everyone's been trying to do, which is neutralize Busquets and Messi. And to a large part, they did that. And they did it really, really well. But Miami just about did it in the shootout. Could have won it in regulation time. (laughs) Should have won it in regulation time. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a moment here. But, you know, you're right. I mean, Nashville FC came out. You knew what the game plan was going to be. And they're a well-drilled team right like, yes they do have Hani Mukhtar up top who can make magic as well but by and large this is a defensive team that has their moments of magic in the attack and that's what they did in this one you know they sat back and defended like you said at halftime when we spoke there at Geodas Park they didn't get too crazy either after it was 1-0 uh, down and in inner Miami's favor they didn't just come out and start pressing and giving up a whole lot of spaces at the back they stayed well drilled they stayed compact and they waited for their opportunities to come which set pieces which that has been an Achilles heel so far in general for Inter Miami since the start of its uh, time as, a, as an organization and a team. 
But even so, here with uh, Tata Martino, a lot of goals have been given up on set pieces. Yeah, and the, and the other common theme is the team tiring in the latter stages of games. So the reason why I thought at half time when we were talking, I said, I, you know, people were saying, "Oh, Nashville have got to open up now. It's gonna, it's gonna, Miami gonna pick them off." By people, like, you mean me? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it wasn't just you, actually. Somebody else said, okay, made the okay. same point. But um, I didn't feel they would do that because. I think if you've done your homework on Miami, you don't open up too early. Even if you're a goal down. If you're two down, that's a different story. If you're just a goal down, 20 minutes, that last 20 minutes when Miami are tiring, there's some, there's some older legs in that team. And uh, it seemed to me that like Hani Mukhtar was like saving himself for the last 20 minutes and then they really went for it. They, 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 they deserved a draw, really, I think, overall on the game. So if that had been a regular season game, you would have said that's a hard-earned point for yeah. uh, into Miami. Yeah. That's what Tata said. Tata said after the game he thought a draw was a fair result from you know what was shown on the on the run of play, and and you were right because look I thought they were going to come out pressing a little bit more and trying to uh, get that goal back, but they took a patient approach. They took an approach of, all right, we have to uh, stay in the game, you know, and our moment will come, and it did. It came off the corner kick from the left uh, towards the back post, and Fafa Picol you know scores there on a diving header that tied things up and made for a tense finish for Inter Miami because Nashville SC was probably the better team over those last, what, 20, 25 minutes. Oh, without doubt, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I mean, Inter-Miami did have a golden opportunity to snatch a late victory through Leo Campana, who has a horrific miss, a horrendous miss. I mean, it would be talked about even more had the result not gone Inter-Miami's way in the penalty kick shootout, but alas, it did, so... It would have been talked about point. much, much more if Campana had missed his penalty as well. When he was running, When he was running up to the spot, I was, like, thinking... This could be a double whammy, you know, if he misses this one and they lose the shootout after that chance. I mean, the, you know, the actual shot was from a very tight angle and difficult to, to execute, but it was how he... No he way, got... no way, Simon. He has to put that away. That's a, that, He's one-on-one -on -one at the end of a game. You, uh, it wasn't No, the one-on-one -on -one he's got to put yeah, away, but the actual shot part of the, it. The, well, I mean, he hit the first shot so poorly that he had to chase and try to get it from an angle and then just couldn't make it yeah. happen, but... I mean, he has to put bad that miss, initial chance miss. away. Yeah, that, that's, it was a horrendous. And if you see the replay on Apple TV from behind the goal but off to the right, you, his face when he sees the shot hit the post, he can't believe what what just happened to him and his bad luck. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, big, it was a bad moment. miss. It was a bad miss, and it could have been a defining miss for the final. But again, Inter-Miami survives a penalty kick shootout. They were largely largely perfect, or almost close to perfect, Victor Ulloa, the one Inter-Miami player that had his penalty kick saved, and it happened in the fifth round. It would have been the decisive penalty kick, because Inter-Miami yeah, yeah. was up 4-3, to three. they make that, they're up 5-3, to three. there's no way... Calendar should have taken it. Calendar <laughs> should have taken the fifth one. Well, Ulloa takes it, and it's saved, and at that point, me, me personally, myself, in the press box, I thought they were going to lose it. I thought... Between what we saw with Campana on that final play of regulation and then we all missing the opportunity to put the penalty kicks away, I was like, uh-oh, I think that they might lose this. But again, throughout the rest of the penalty kick shootout, they stayed, uh, they stayed perfect the rest of the way, or they were perfect the rest of the way. And then Drake Callender in the 11th round, final round before they had to go back all around again. Takes a heck of a kick. He rifles it into the almost roof of the net, and then he makes a save on the Nashville goalkeeper, uh, Elliot Panico. I mean, Drake Callender, Golden Glove winner. He was named the best goalkeeper after the game. I mean, he deserves his plaudits. We haven't really talked about Leo Messi yet, um, but we will hear shortly. But, you know, what do you think about Drake Callender? Not only in this one, not only in the penalty shootout, but overall in the course of the tournament. 
he seems to have like I mean David Beckham was saying after the game a lot can happen in five weeks and one of the things that happened is we've seen Drake Calendar not just deliver performances and make great saves like the one at Philadelphia was probably the standout mm. one from getting down low to they're, they're the most difficult saves to make I think uh, not only in that sense but as a leader on that team yeah. he really has like emerged as like a, a really positive authoritative I mean we joke about how often he does yeah, yeah. media oh, duties but he's doing those media duties because he's taken on and that and leadership that's role yeah that's a, absolutely that's not a small that's not a small thing about you know how he's taken on leadership and then try to become more of a referente within the group of, yeah, a, a, a leading figure um, and I, I would say this I would say this you know last year my personal sensation you know talking to him interviewing him was he was like kind of an aw shucks kind of guy, you know, thrown into the fire and kind of, you know, having a trial by fire. This year, from the start of preseason, I've seen a much more serious Drake Calendar. Maybe a Drake Calendar that's looking to take on that role, take on that responsibility, who's ready for the challenge. And if he keeps this up, I don't think he's long for Inter-Miami. I think Europe's going to become, is going to come calling soon if, if he keeps up this level. He's been fantastic. He was superb in the final uh, and by and large, over the course of the entire tournament, maybe save for one goal here or there, um, he was outstanding. Outstanding. You know, Messi's going to get all the plaudits, but Drake Callender was right behind him in terms of consistent, consistently great performances. Uh, as far as yeah, yeah, his performances, his leadership, the way the way he is with around the players, and the way he is off the field and with the media as well, and he gives off a vibe of someone who, I mean, you know this, Franco. You've covered the national team as well that there's a difference between those guys. You know, when you talk to someone like Tim Howard compared to like a regular MLS goalkeeper or when you talk to, to, to guys who've played, you know, 30, 40 times for the national team, they have an assurance about themselves when they talk to us and when they, when they do things. Um, and he's starting to have that. So I think, he, I think he's going to be part of the setup. I think Greg Berhalter would be uh, crazy not to be looking at him as a serious option uh, amongst his good goalkeeping choices that he has. But... Been a great time for Drake Calendar, yeah. So we have to talk about Leo Messi. Of course. course you know, <laughs> he scores another goal. Another wonder goal. Add it to the highlight reel. I mean, you could just make a highlight reel of his goals from this tournament. I mean, maybe we should do that tomorrow. When we do the video podcast again with Andrea Yanis and Jose Armando, I think we're going to do a top... I don't know. Maybe we'll do a top three. And we'll, I'll ask all three of you what your top three Messi goals from this tournament were. Because this was another great goal. Now... Wasn't from the run of play. This was more just about his individual brilliance. I mean, Robert Taylor tries to hit a through ball in into the 18 yard box. It gets deflected or ricocheted out. Messi picks it up, dribbles by a couple defenders, and then with his sweet left foot finds the top left corner where the spiders sew their webs. Uh, that was the, that was for me. That's the best goal he scored in the really? tournament. Yeah, over the free kicks. Yeah, yeah, because the free kicks is something he's like. I don't know, you kind of almost not expect them, but, you know, we've seen them so many times, those free kicks. Are you going off of just aesthetics? or I mean, because I, I take into context, you know, the moment. I mean, it's definitely a big game. It's a final, but I take it into okay, account what's happening. Okay, the Cruiser's free kick. If you say moment, the Cruiser's all free kick wins. If you're saying technical brilliance to be able to pick up a loose ball like that. All those that, things count into dance, it. Dance past uh, Walker Zimmerman like he wasn't there and then just put it in the top <laughs> corner from like 25 yards out. It's That was an unbelievable It's been goal. a treat to watch him play. It it's has. been a treat to watch him. I, and, you know, like we're, we're impartial, we're unbiased, but like just sitting there and watching. You know, you can see when there's a good team or a bad team, you can enjoy how it's a team plays. You can not enjoy how a team plays. It's a treat to watch Lionel Messi play, it's, especially during this tournament, during this 
this initial month with Inter Miami um, playing at such a high level, which I mean, it's not a surprise, right? So I mean, it's not a surprise, but just to see it in a different team immediately and to catapult them into winning their first. Trophy. I mean, I think what may have been a slight surprise, or certainly one thing he's answered is when he came over, it was there was the question like. Does he really care about this, mm-hmm. or is he is he coming here for just a, like an easy ride for a couple of years? Nice big contract, and he clearly does care, and he clearly is putting the effort in. And you see the way he celebrates his goals. You know, he's not, and the way that he is with the teammates, he's not doing this. Uh, he's not laughing. You know, it's not it's not too easy for him either. I mean, it obviously is easier than <laughs> playing in like uh, the Champions League or a World Cup. But it's not easy. Yeah. Um, and he, I think he's, I think he's absolutely loving it. People are enjoying watching him. I've seen Messi playing for Barcelona and Paris Saint Germain in the Champions League, and uh, you never, you know, in those sort of games, you you never watch Messi in such a focused way as you do with Inter Miami. You know, because he's just the center of everything. Whereas there, he was like somebody a piece, you, a piece. you took a notice. Piece. You certainly took notice. You were watching Messi. And you look forward to watching Messi. But here, he's the star of the show, without any doubt. And it's been great. Everyone's enjoyed it. I think people, even even if you sat at home watching it on Apple TV all the time, and there's been plenty of people doing that. You've had entertainment all the way. You've gained a new appreciation of Messi. You see things about him that maybe you didn't see when he was at Barcelona. So it's been fantastic. I would say, because you said it's not easy, I think it is easy for him, man. I mean, obviously there's 11 players versus 11 players. I mean, he's making it look pretty easy. He scored in every single game in the competition. He was the golden boot winner, the golden ball winner, top scorer, and best player overall. I mean, yeah, but he's not scoring a hat trick every game and dancing around he's not, everyone. He's, it's you not, know. you know, he's not playing. I mean, some people, some of the MLS haters were like, "This is going to be a joke." Like the guy will score at will. He's playing professionals, and listen, the MLS is a physical league, so you know he's up, he's up against it in, in that manner. But technically, and and his vision and his way of reading the game certainly is so, hasn't been easy for Busquets. Well, Busquets has had a bit of a tougher time, but I mean, even then, he still has had a hand. I mean, he's the one that hit the ball to Campana in behind that could have won the game. I mean, yes. even Busquets has had. Um, you know, great moments just because of their ability to the way they read the game, technically how much more advanced they are yeah. than everybody else. Um, so, but no, Messi's been uh, incredible to watch. It's been a, a dream first month. He is the he's etched in the history of the team now with that picture of uh, of him holding the trophy, and he also became the all time winningest uh, player in terms of trophies and cups because this was his forty fourth overall in his career which is you know incredible un inigualable which means just un, unmatchable um you know and you touched on how competitive he is and you see it you see it you know there's so many cameras on him through apple tv and you see how they how uh, they focus on all his reactions good and and i won't say bad but you know when he when he gets frustrated or mm. when he gets disappointed um you know when campana misses on you know apple tv had a camera just on messi's reaction and he's like you know he's in disbelief that they didn't win win the game there um you know, Jorge Ma said post game. Uh, you know, he said, "Es una bestia competitiva." He's a competitive beast, yeah. like a competitive animal, and, and you see that. You see it. You see it in training, like how locked in he is at the with the ball at all times. He's not usually like goofing off or like he's always very very focused on the ball. It's kind of like almost like you know when you have a a pet and you throw the the, the, the toy around like and they're just fixed on it and then you, you hold they're it. Going for it. Yeah, yeah, they're just like that's like that's I I see Messi just with that same type of focus just. He just wants the ball. Give him the ball, and he's—that's all he's thinking about. Like you never really see him switch off, right? Like you see other players, they lose concentration. Messi, I've never really seen switch off, regardless of his impact or whatever. But he's always 
in the game looking to make something happen. As, as far as Inter Miami goes, I mean, you could talk about Argentina or Barcelona in other moments, but and Paris Saint Germain. But uh, as far as Inter Miami goes, I mean, he's always on it. He's he's definitely not come here just for a vacation and a kick on the beach. He's trying to win. He wants to win, and he's, you know, he's done it. He's done it. He's yeah. done it. But. The turnaround is quick because they play again on Wednesday. There's no, it's not going to be a parade on uh, Las Olas Boulevard or anything of the like because they play again on Wednesday in the semifinal. But we'll we'll talk about that later. Let's stay on this game. I mean, what do you think of the first half? Like Inter Miami was the better team. They knocked the ball around. They weren't overly troubled, right? No, they were playing possession football for a lot of the time. I mean, and uh, it's interesting to see how that that style of play has developed because it, it wasn't there at the start, right? Even those games against Cruz Azul at the start and against Atlanta, it certainly wasn't there uh, in Dallas either. And you know, you see uh, Sergei Kristoff and Kamil Miller strutting out of the bat with the ball at their feet and then playing those little balls in and they're, and they're recycling the ball properly. They're doing all the things that the top teams do, you know? And it's not as fast as it should be, and it's not as precise, and it's not as uh, targeted towards a goal as, as, as it would be when, say, Manchester City or Barcelona do it. But you can see the structure there and the, and the idea there. And, and we don't see this a lot. We do not see this a lot in Major League Soccer teams taking, like, 30 passes to keep possession and just recycling the ball around. But it's, it's a... It's a, it's a it's a sign that things are going on on the training ground, that it's not just about game, 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 win, win, win. Things are going on on the training ground and, and, and the practice is delivering fruits in a change of style. The analysis for me on that first half is Inter Miami was the better team, but it wasn't like they were overly dangerous or overly lethal in the attack. No. I, th- I thought Nashville had played uh, you know, a very smart first half. And again, Messi's goal comes off of an individual moment of brilliance. It wasn't like a collective, um, you know... Uh, but it wouldn't have been ridiculous if they went in goal or so. No, that. right, right. Like, Inter yeah. Miami didn't create a whole lot of chances in that first half. I mean, Nashville SC, I think their blueprint was a level up from everybody else's blueprint. Because, right. yes, they stayed compact and they, they tried to cut off Busquets. But something else I noticed in that first half is that uh, they would press... Or they would mark Jordi Alba, excuse me. They would mark Jordi Alba very tightly mm. on the left wing to not allow Inter Miami to build out through him. They would leave more space for DeAndre Yedlin on the right. Like they would allow him to receive the ball. I mean, and it makes sense. DeAndre Yedlin is less technical than Jordi Alba. Jordi Alba can hit a pass, he can combine better, um, he can get you out of a tight space on the dribble. DeAndre Yedlin, he's a very fast defender. Not the most technically gifted, not the best dribbler of the ball. I mean, he can beat you if he gets you one-on-one and he has enough space to, to run at you. But there wasn't a lot of space because of how organized Nashville was. And, and I thought that caused him to remind me a lot of problems. Because a, a lot of the times we just saw them knocking the ball from side to side, trying to find the opening. And it wasn't until that goal, which, again, it originated starting with, you know, the play starts on the left side. Robert Taylor cuts in that pass towards the middle. It just falls out, and Messi, again, picks it up and, and scores. But I thought Nashville did a very good job. They were very well drilled. Um, it was a really good shot from Taylor just before the goal, wasn't yeah, it? Like two or three the, minutes before that where he... That's what I'm saying. But the left side started coming alive. Yeah. Whereas before, they, it, it seemed like Nashville was like, okay, we're going to take away the middle and the left. If you guys want to beat us, beat us down the right with DeAndre Yellen well, and Alba, you know, Jordi Alba and then the Finiesta, you know, Robert Taylor down that side. Finiesta. Uh, they, they, they are, that is the danger. That is the danger that you have to work with. So, yeah, that makes sense what they did. Um, and Taylor was, uh, you know, he, he faded out of the game a little bit, didn't yeah. he? But when he's involved, um, 
he's buzzing on the ball, isn't he? He's like so dangerous. Every time he gets the ball, I thought, think, I thought those last two games haven't been the best. For no, I, I think he's dipped in terms of his overall uh, level. Teams are watching him closer. They, they he's, are. He's they part are. of the Galacticos. He is. He's no <laughs> well, one he, expected he, it, but he, he has. He like he look needs to, He when he doesn't play as well, it hurts Inter Miami. And then when he started getting involved right. more, because now it you know it makes def- defenses uh, have to worry more about. Who they're marking and or how they're marking, you know, not just Messi and Joseph Martinez. Now you've got another option and Jordi Alba. So Busquets. I mean, now there's so, so many more weapons. I, I think last two games he hasn't been particularly well. And this game, you know, they need a little bit more from him. But again, they got through uh, and they are champions. I mean, let's 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 describe the scene for people who weren't there. I mean, we got to the stadium a few hours before. I mean, I was walking around Broadway downtown. Nashville, um, which, by the way, there was a lot of pink in downtown Nashville. Not just because Inter-Miami was playing, though that was a part of it, but there's a lot of bachelorette parties here. I did not realize that that was such a big thing here. And I, when I say a lot, I don't mean, like, one here, one there. No, they're everywhere. Simon, please. T- we've seen... And, like, the, the crazy thing is that they have, like, all different types of buses, party buses, for these bachelorette parties. There's, you know, you see regular buses... You see party buses, you see tractor trailers, you see army trucks, you see all different types of uh, vehicles transport, and they're all gimmicky, of course, transporting the bachelorette parties, um, and everyone's having a t- time of their lives. I'm sure they music. do bachelor parties as well. We just didn't even see any. I don't, oh, no. I don't think so, dude. I, I mean, I, I went out for a beer on Friday night, and you know, there was some ladies from Toronto, there were ladies from other parts of the United Apparently, this is a very big bachelor party type of thing. I'm sure there's bachelor parties here too, but I didn't see, I haven't seen any I'm thinking guys. This is, so this is like, maybe a spin-off podcast series, <laughs> Franco and the ladies. It's, it's, it's another one. No, I mean, I, hey, that's, I'm, just, I'm just sharing the sights and scenes here in, from Nashville. But no, but look, there were a lot of Inter-Miami fans. I spent some time with members of La Familia on, on Saturday afternoon. It wasn't morning yet. It was afternoon after we went to Peg Leg Porker. Um, and we were, you know, we were at a bar they were singing, chanting, getting ready for the game. There was confidence. You know, Bernie from Vice City um, told me, we used to go to away games thinking we would lose. Now we go with the confidence that we have a chance to win. I mean, because Inter Miami's changed the whole thing. The whole landscape has changed in the past month. You know, they've changed the whole dynamic and the complexion of the, of the team. So, you know, Inter Miami fans were confident going into the game. Um, you know, there were some celebrities on hand at Geodas Park. Uh, Reese Witherspoon... Giannis, uh, oof, I always struggle with his last name. Can you pronounce his last name? Yeah, uh, Giannis. We know, yeah, we know yeah, what you're talking about. Uh, he, and there was a funny moment, uh, you know, pregame. He comes out. He's a minority owner of uh, of Nashville SC, yeah. and he he goes out there on the field. And you know, as soon as he comes out, I was actually taking video of La Familia from the stand that uh, they were in in the second section, the second tier, and uh, you know, they start booing him as soon as he comes out, and they start chanting, "Let's go Heat! Let's go Heat!" Um, shortly thereafter, I don't know if it was in response or if it was just something that was already orchestrated or what, um, but he starts doing the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration. He did it three times. Uh, and, and, the, and the Nashville SC fans ate it up. They like After every single time, they're like, Shoo! and then the first two times, Inter-Miami fans were very attentive to it, and they started booing, and they started uh, you know whistling and heckling, and um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a funny little moment pregame. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was just, just, just an interesting tidbit there. I mean, he, uh, who else was there? Uh, Hero 
the Argentine social media sensation. You know, if if you follow him at all, you know he's been big on Inter Miami as of late, wearing the pink with his misses. Um, but he was there. He spent some time with David Beckham, uh, Jorge Mas, Jose Mas, uh, before the game took pictures. So um, there was there were some celebrities on hand uh, once again. Once again. Oh, uh, Nicole Nicole Kidman was there. David Beckham posted a picture that he was with. Nicole I never Kidman. saw Nicole. Kidman. Yeah, he was. She was there. He posted a picture with her in like you know in one of the in one of the I guess tiers or I don't know where they were standing in the stadium. Great stadium, by the way. If you've never been to that stadium, it's a it's a really good uh, stadium. It's a little bit bigger than most of those new MLS stadiums, yeah. which tend to be like mid twenties. It's in the middle of a neighborhood, right? Which you it, compare yeah, to, yeah. to oh Europe. yeah, it's like being back in Europe. You walk through. We got dropped off by an Uber about, you know, five minutes walk away from the stadium, but you walk up a hill, past some houses, people are stood in their gardens and their backyards <laughs> and stuff like that. That was good to see, actually, as Little well, kids. because there were a lot of, um, there were obviously some of the tourist fans there as well, from people who travelled just to see Messi, who weren't into Miami fans or, or you know, not, not part of the scene in Miami anyway. And... Um, and it was funny, yeah. There was a couple of kids yelling out of uh, out of a car window, you know. Messy sucks. Messy sucks. But that's good. I like to see that. They're <laughs> real fans and real kids, and like people, you know, Nashville people. There were loads of shirts with Nashville players' names on the back, which is really good to see. I don't want to. I don't want to. When I travel to see Messi playing in an MLS stadium, I want to see him being booed by the other team. I want to see like um, a, a bit of tension. I want to see the local people supporting their team against Messi. We don't want it to turn into like. A circus where they, you know. I mean, it kind of is a circus, though. Like, I mean, a little bit is going to be. What was the percentage of? I won't say Inter Miami fans because probably a bunch of them weren't Inter Miami fans. But how many people were there to support Messi? And as a result, Inter Miami because we saw a lot of pictures. It wasn't just La Familia. There was pink sprinkled out the entire stadium. What thirty percent? No, no, no. Less than that? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Twenty-five. Yeah, it was overwhelmingly Nashville support. No, but it was, there was a lot of pink, though. There were like smatterings of pink around outside. So how much percentage? Give me a percentage. Fifteen. Fifteen? Yeah. I think that's low. I think okay. that's low. But but anyway, yeah. The scene scene before the game, you know, a lot of fans. Um, excited, you know, you were very into the fact that there was a lot of Nashville SC jerseys with different names on them. It wasn't just like all Mukhtars or mostly Mukhtars. There was Schaffelberg. There was quite a few Schaffelberg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you were very. He's uh, obviously a cool figure. That might be the mullet thing that you have going on there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the pregame scene was was nice. Uh, post game, let's share post game really quickly here before we wrap up. I mean, Tata Martino gets a surprise uh, drenching. From the Inter Miami players who interrupted his post game press conference to pour champagne on him, um, some of the media members, uh, not us, jumped in on that and bounced around and got a little bit of champagne on themselves. I mean, really? Yeah, I didn't see you that. Didn't see see, that? I, I rushed off to the mix. Oh, I'm going to show you the video once we're once we're through here. But oh, yeah, right. some, some of the we'll not name names now. Then <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's hard. It's, you don't have to name names. I mean, it's on the video. You can <laughs> you can see who did it and who and who did not. Um, it's pretty clear there. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a festive scene overall. Messi did not speak, unfortunately, post-game. We, we got four players. We got Yedlin, uh, Kremaski, Busquets, and Callender. Um, you know, it was fun. We to... always get Callender. <laughs> Callender's he, he, always He's there. like so good now at public speaking that I'm sure after his career's over, he's going to run for Senate because he's like, <laughs> he's, he's perfect. El senador, el senador. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think he just takes it. You know, because some players don't want to speak and like they have to rotate. And I think he's just okay with the responsibility. I'm yeah, sure it's yeah, not it's his okay. favorite thing to do in the whole wide world, but he's like, you know what? I'll take on that responsibility. I'll do it. I'll do it every time if you ask me to. Like, I think, again, just another sign to me that he's 
trying to take on more of a leadership role yeah. in this group. But just, you know, in the bowels of Geodas Park, festive uh, Inter Miami. Beckham and Jorge Moss were absolutely loving it. They like Beckham was emotional. Beckham, I, th- I felt like he had tears in his eyes. He sound he sounded emotional. I don't know if he actually yeah, had tears he can, in his eyes. No, he's an emotional guy, he's David. He, he, he gets caught up in it, especially football. And I, and I think, you know, he, he wouldn't talk about it, but but a part of it is that, like, he misses it still. I think he really does miss it. When he sees scenes like that, he's like, you know, I wish I was out Still there. Out there. You know, I think it's definitely there. Some players can move on from it. David can't. Thank goodness for Miami fans' sake that, like, he's channeling that into, like, building a, yeah. a really positive uh, team and everything. Jorge Mars absolutely loves these <laughs> moments. He's like, yeah. he rises to the occasion every time. As a media guy, like, you, when Jorge Mars walks towards you, you think, like, great, I'm going to get a good quote here. And he always comes out with something, you he, know. He was definitely fired up. He was definitely, you know, you could see the excitement in his eyes and in his facial expressions, which is natural, of course. But um, whereas David Beckham was a little a little more uh, emotional, Jorge Mars was a little more excited and just, uh, I think he dropped in the freedom to dream uh, oh, reference yeah. again, which, which no no holy water this time. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, no a festive scene uh, in the bowels there. You know, Inter Miami took a long time on the field, like you said. But you know, they're, they're champions. They're champions. They have another competition on Wednesday, which again we'll talk about more on Monday night when we do the video podcast. Um, anything else that you think we should quickly touch on on this uh, very fast paced Miami Star Football Radio episode? No, I think it was the thing that struck me as well at the start of the weekend was I, I flew out early on Saturday morning from Fort Lauderdale, and when you see people travelling in their pink shirts or their black, uh, you know, jogging suits and all that kind of stuff, and you think like, yeah, yeah, this is happening now. Like this, this club has got a, a support base that will travel because that was a game that if you are a hard hardcore fan and you've got the money to be able to 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 fly and stay in hotels and stuff like that you didn't want to miss and it's good to see that you know I mean you don't always uh, find that it wasn't there um, in the early days I guess quite as much so Inter Miami did give some free tickets apparently that's uh, that's what one of the supporters groups tweeted out like oh thanks for the free tickets oh really yeah I mean but good why not yeah why not help you know help get some people and some butts and seats um, that have been there so that was good that was that was good to see from a club building point of view the whole thing's been great though hasn't it this league's cup I mean that's what it's like everything to happen so fast you know, every week, two games, always entertaining. Miami winning, getting better all the time. It's been an absolute whirlwind. And I think there's like thousands of people now who not only predictably enjoyed watching Messi, but have discovered this team and, and lots of other players and lots of other things about it. They understand the ownership. Um, maybe they're impressed with the fans as well, with that, you know, that vibe that you get behind the goal from La Familia and everything. It's just been the most positive month you could imagine as, as good as you could have imagined yeah. it to be as good as you, I, I will share this as one of my final thoughts here is that um you know after the game i mean everyone took a penalty kick that was you know able to take a penalty kick so i asked you know each player what they thought through the run-up on their penalty kick and deandre edlin was humorously um honest you know he said he was pretty nervous he, he said he it. said please i don't he's like please don't let it be me to miss i think you know those were his words yeah um but he, he took his penalty kick well drake calendar took his penalty kick very well and drake calendar when i asked him he said i was pretty excited to take the penalty kick because not often i get to take penalty kicks he even said it was his first goal which 
Technically speaking, no. Like penalty kicks don't count as your career goal haul. Don't count towards that. At least in a penalty shootout. Yes, over the course of you know the regulation and a run of play and you know even extra time. But penalty kick shootouts don't go towards your career goal count. But nonetheless, the sentiment is there. He put the ball in the back of the net, and that's what led to Inter Miami winning. Trey Calendar. Hey, it was a lot more important than some goals that all happened. <laughs> it's right? true. That's true. The significance of that shot compared More significant to... than the fourth goal in the Inter exactly. Miami uh, versus Philadelphia. Big, big night for Cal. He, I mean, basically, he was, he was uh, along with... Oh, Messi's always the star of the show. I think Trey Calendar was probably... Like, I, I was already starting to work on my player ratings, and I think Trey is going to get a higher rating. Like, I think he was more influential and better. Even though Messi scored a golazo... I think just Calendar was better. I mean, you have to take the penalty kicks into account as well. I think you know that that factors in also, in addition to his solid performance. So it's a big shift for a goalkeeper. Um, yeah, but yeah. all right, Simon, we have done a half hour here in this. There's a country singer coming in in five <laughs> minutes, so we have to get out of the studio seriously. Yeah, we do have to get out, and we've done uh, an impromptu uh, show here in a recording studio inside of a church in Nashville, Tennessee, after Inter Miami won its first ever final this will be a great memory this will be a great memory so guys we will be back on monday night for a video podcast going in more detail jose and andrea will join us so thank you guys for listening we'll talk to you guys soon you have been listening to the football